was the sense that Windsor was the worst place to live if you're a woman. I want us to change the narrative to say Windsor is the Essex is the best place if you're a woman to live, to start a business, to grow a business, uh, and to be a leader. Women are 67% less likely to self-promote than men empower women entrepreneurs. Women owned 34% of businesses in Windsor, Essex. Women have to be part of that process. They need to be part of that plan. Women were underrepresented in every single area. We can ensure um, that we can continue to move the dial. Found that they had imposter syndrome. In terms of Rise Windsor, Essex, increasing the number of women entrepreneurs. And that addresses the needs of women entrepreneurs at this time are designed to really celebrate women. Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting young female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. I've officially teamed up with Rise Windsor Essex to bring you stories of Windsor Essex's very own female entrepreneurs. We're here to celebrate women in the area who have made it happen. So today I'm speaking with Wen from Epicenter and Brandy from Ground Culture. Thank you both for joining me here today. So how about we start off by each of you telling us just a little bit about yourselves and your businesses. Um, Wen, would you like to start? Sure. My name is Wen Tio. I am the director at Epicenter at the University of Windsor. I am one of the four co-founders of Epicenter. Um, I have over 20 years of experience in IT project management and entrepreneurship. So Epicenter stands for Entrepreneurship Practice and Innovation Center. We are the entrepreneurial hub on the campus of University of Windsor. So we have various venture programs as well as workshops, webinars, events. We provide students and recent graduates from any post-secondary institution the experiential learning opportunities in entrepreneurship. What this means is unlike academic courses where students learn by studying um, textbooks, theories, and taking exams, students actually get the real life experience learning how to validate their own business ideas and studying their own ideas through our programs. Some of our programs are also open to entrepreneurs from the community. Besides the learning aspect, they get access to mentorship with seasoned entrepreneurs, collaborative workspace, connections, funding opportunities that can help them start and grow their businesses. Wow, amazing, perfect. And Brandy, would you like to go next? Sure, so my name is Brandy Bayshard and I am the founder of Ground Culture. Um, we're an edible landscaping business, which essentially means that instead of focusing on maintaining you know, manicured lawns or producing ornamental landscapes, we focus more on function-based gardens and landscapes around Windsor and Essex County. So what I mean by that when I say function-based is that all of the designs and installs we do focus on certain functional elements like producing food, providing habitat for pollinators, um, storing and, uh, and managing excess rainwater after a storm, and providing ecological value as opposed to just ornamental value. So that's, that's what we do. And we also have a big focus on education. So we love to provide workshops and community events and um, consultations. 
so that we can help people interact and observe and enjoy their landscape rather than just have it something that is just out of their reach, but they know it's there. <laughs> we, we, we love it when people interact with their landscapes and grow with it. So that's, uh, that's what we do here at Ground Culture. Wow. Yeah. And it sounds like such an interesting concept there and such an original sort of company. How did you come up with the idea for this business? Well, it's certainly uh, not something that I invented by any means. The, the practice of transforming an underutilized landscape into a productive outdoor space is something that's been going on for a long, long time. And more recently, it's been coined as edible landscaping or as permaculture design. And so through my travels and studies and research and experience, I've kind of put together this idea of um, the business that I specifically wanted to create and bring that back here to Windsor with me and, and provide this type of service that I felt uh, Windsor could use and benefit from. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's amazing. And I'm excited to hear even more about that. Um, but I also wanted to ask when you had mentioned that there's some programs that Epicenter offers um, that's available to the community. And one of these is the Venture Women program that is now kicking off their second cohort. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about this program? Sure. So the, the Epic Venture Woman program um, is specifically supporting female entrepreneurs. We launched it earlier this year. It's funded by FedEx Ontario under the, um, the Women Entrepreneurship Strategy Initiative, um, wanting to advance women in the business world um, and doubling the number of women-owned businesses by 2025. So with this funding, we're able to run the program for four years. The, the EPIC Venture Women Program is specifically designed to provide tailored training and mentorship to female entrepreneurs to help them explore their ideas, expand their entrepreneurial skills and know-how, build their network and launch or grow a successful business that is pandemic-proof or rather future-proof. So it's a four-month program where participants will gain knowledge in various topics such as leadership, sales and training, uh, sales and marketing, finance, accounting, intellectual property, product development, and so on. In addition to workshops and one-on-one -on -one mentorship, each participant will have access to up to $2,500 for eligible business expenses. So the program will culminate on a final pitch day when one of them will win the top venture woman prize of $3,000 cash sponsored by Lucas Imagine Fund and ground culture was the winner in the first round. Wow, yeah, and so speaking of the first round, you mentioned ground culture was the winner, but do you want to talk about maybe some of the other businesses that also participated in the first cohort of the program? Sure, sure. so the first cohort, uh, because it was a pilot program, so we only took um, four teams. Um, one of the teams um, is called Vector Gaze, they, it's founded by one woman and three and two men who met each other um, in school. They, they all study the master's in film production at the University of Windsor. They are a digital media company using technology to help businesses communicating their businesses in a creative way. Um, the, other, the other company is called Mentor. It's founded by a team of women with data science and human resource background. 
They provide career mentoring and training to help fresh graduates and newcomers build up their professional skills and to land a job in the Canadian workplace. Um, last but not least, Bo app is a mobile app connecting local beauty artists with clients. So those are the four um, companies that we, we, we um, supported in the first round. Wow. Yeah, that's a nice um, sort of range of different topics there in businesses. Mm -hmm. And um, you'd mentioned, Brandy, that um, Ground Culture was actually the winner of the contest. Can you tell us a bit about your background and how you came to be an entrepreneur and made you want to start your own business for this? Yeah, sure. So I had originally studied ecosystem management and have worked in various environmental and natural resource science related positions all over Canada. And um, when I was younger, that was really fun for me being able to accept these contracts all over the place. But you know, as I grew older and wanted to develop deeper, uh, meaningful friendships and wanting to be closer to my family, I realized that I was going to have to choose somewhere to stay. <laughs> and I, I really would love, to, I, I wanted to return back to Essex County, but I struggled to find meaningful employment. Uh, that allowed me the opportunity to stay here in Essex County. Um, I also wanted to, you know, create the change I wanted to see here in the city and bring some of those amazing things that I've experienced in these other cities um, back to Windsor. And so my vision for ground culture was formed by living in these communities across Canada and meeting other business owners and organizations who centralized localized food um, and I really appreciated how I've witnessed and experienced cities that fostered a community of people who really deeply cared about the land. And I really wanted to bring that back home with me, um, back closer to family and, and start a life here. And, um, but I really didn't know where to start. And I, I actually turned to the epicenter for some uh, mentorship and guidance, along with a few other organizations like the Small Business Center and WeTech to help me form my idea for the business and give me the confidence to just go for it. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's amazing. And I, I love to, you know, hear those stories. And you mentioned a couple of the services here in Windsor that did help um, for your success. Did you want to talk a little bit about those services along with the organizations that you had approached to help? Sure. So I actually started out just by joining some of the local gardening groups. I, you know, attended a few different horticultural society meetings. I had even joined some local Essex County Facebook gardening groups, just kind of exposing myself because having not been here, I really didn't have any meaningful ties within the community, which I really think gives you leverage when starting a business. And so I just, I just tried to get out there. Um, and then I found, I found WeTech through a friend and after having a few meetings with, um, with one of the people who work at WeTech who was monumentally helpful, um, with helping me navigate business startup, he recommended I join, um, one of the programs or at least apply to one of the programs that, that the Epicenter was offering, which was the Venture Women Program. And that really was a game changer for me, for sure. Um, like Wen was saying, all of those services and different, I guess, parts of starting a business that I had no experience in, like intellectual property or accounting, um, I was able to get a primer on those things because, like I said, my background lied primarily in field-based work. 
And so I'm not, I'm not a business person at heart. I'm a gardener, but obviously I needed to combine those two things in order to have a gardening business. So in, in addition to that, I've also partnered with some local businesses who are also in, in the kind of farming or local food sector. And we support each other in, in different ways throughout our businesses, just, just by forging those connections. And um, I also volunteer with a local community healing garden, which has really helped me. So they're not necessarily services. They're just kind of community groups that form a support network around, around ground culture and the work that I do. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Those are some really great organizations and um, resources that you've mentioned there. And going back to Epicenter as well and the Venture Women program, when do you mind just sharing what you find to be the most common thing that's holding women back from starting their own business that have gone through this program? Um, sure. So um, I heard Brandy mention confidence. I think one of the most common things holding women back or even advancing in career, not not only just to start a business, the lack of confidence. Um, I heard one of our mentors, actually, you know, she was the one we brought for a leadership um, session with the Venture Women Program. And she mentioned that women tend to only take on an important initiative if they think they can check off all the boxes in the requirement section. I, I think it's true, like at least from my own experience, I only I tend to only check off that box if I can rank myself 10 out of 10. Um, you know, like starting a business, even though you do need certain know-how and experience, like Brandy, she knows um, the field work, but she lacks the business side of it. But she took that leap of faith and she started it. So we need to 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 really... Um, have that kind of confidence to, to start. And the, the only thing that we need to know is, are we capable of doing that? And it doesn't mean that you have to check 10 out of 10 boxes. If you can check off, let's say, six or seven boxes, then um, go for it. No one really knows everything, right? And all you need to do is you need to surround yourself with people who can help you um, to, 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 to start your venture. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think those are some really great points that you had there and something that a lot of you know, women do go through when they're looking to start a business. And do you also just mind sharing what you think the biggest obstacle in general for entrepreneurs currently is at this time? I think the biggest obstacle right now is the ability to adapt to the pandemic and you know, the ability to be able to pivot the business model um, quickly. It's unfortunate that so many businesses have been adversely impacted by the pandemic. Um, But we have also seen many businesses like retail businesses who are able to survive because they quickly switch their business model to e-commerce. And um, I don't know if you will ask Brandy about her, um, the ground culture, um, the garden club. It's something that's innovative that she started that, um, during the pandemic time that, you know, I think she's doing pretty well with that. Another big obstacle right now, I think, especially for female entrepreneurs with children is obviously family obligation. Taking care of children usually falls under women and it's not easy to juggle between businesses and taking care of children. So, and this is also the reason female entrepreneurs are disproportionately impacted by the pandemic compared to men own businesses. Um, 
yeah, so we, we, we need the help, we need the support um, that to, to move women forward to, to, to be successful. Yes, absolutely. And Brandy, would you like to add to that on the pivot that your company has had to make at this time? So yeah, like like one said, we we had launched a new project project that we weren't actually intending on starting this year in the way that we did, and that is the Ground Culture Garden Club. So I'll give you a little bit of a I guess some context before I describe what the club is. But essentially. Um, in the early spring, we were booking consultations, uh, which would then set us up for work throughout the year in people's yards, helping them build gardens and transform their backyards into you know, more functional outdoor spaces. But a lot of that requires face-to-face uh, contact, right? We're, we're in their yards, we're assessing their yard together, we're discussing their ideas and their visions, I'm measuring the space, Um, And when COVID happened, we had to cancel all of those. And I was starting to, um, I guess, start booking virtual consultations, (laughs) which a lot of people took their businesses online during that time. Well, you can imagine a gardening business trying to run online is quite difficult. And although we have some pretty magnificent technology regarding video calls and whatnot, I wasn't able to truly get a feel for the space and more technical things too, like uh, watching the water drainage or assessing the soils and in the sunlight exposure. So essentially what we did was we created a garden club that allowed us to just take a break from the more custom project designs that we were used to working on and offer a garden package that was just dropped off at, on people's doorstep, everything they needed to grow a garden that year. And when actually became one of our, our members, which is super exciting, we were so grateful to have all the support from people because um, it was helping us survive these times. And we were kind of helping people stay positive and productive at home because a lot of people were stuck at home without you know their usual routines and people turned to gardening. To, to make them happy and to give the kids something to do and to maybe grow a little bit of food themselves at home because, you know, the grocery stores were a scary place to visit at one point too. So the garden club offered a three foot by eight foot cedar raised garden bed, a yard of soil and compost to go in the garden bed, and then a monthly delivery of seeds and organic seedlings with a planting plan and step-by-step instructions each month on how to care for the garden. So that's that's a product that was launched directly as a result from COVID-19, but it was such a success, we think we're probably going to be carrying that out uh, as one of our main offerings moving forward. Yeah, wow, that's a perfect example of, you know, a business that was able to pivot and thrive through it. And, you know, like you said, it was doing so well that you're able to even add it post pandemic um, to your business, which is so great. And do you, where do you see, I guess, the rest of the future of ground culture going? Um, and what plans do you have that you'd like to share? We would love to continue to grow our community of backyard gardeners. I think we're just starting to tap into that with the garden club. It really you know, there's all these people who are really interested in this type of work, and we have clients scattered all over Essex County, but 
to actually bring them all together into a community or some sort of platform where we can share our experiences together would be something that, you know, I'd love to work towards. I think community is such an integral part of growth and of caring for the land. It's really not this individualized private thing that we do in our backyards. It's very much so more bountiful when shared. So yeah, we're, we're hoping to create more accessible information through workshops and potentially a community growing space. Um, we'd love to work on bigger projects in public and commercial spaces to really showcase the impact that regenerative design can have on a large scale. We're used to doing a lot of backyard um, designs, which I love to do because it's a very intimate setting and we can really get to know the homeowners and help forge those connections. But I would love to do that on a, on a bigger scale as well and really, you know, show Windsor what we can do when putting our heads together. Yeah, absolutely. Those are some very exciting plans and I'm excited to see where the future of that goes. And you also mentioned a lot, you know, with the community coming together, which I think is so important. And with that too, when you had mentioned sort of the businesses that have had to pivot with the pandemic and entrepreneurs, do you mind also just sharing for entrepreneurs, it's going to look like launching businesses specifically at this time during the pandemic, especially with the second cohort coming. Um, some of the changes that are going to be implemented for those um, businesses as well. Mm -hmm. I, I think um, the pandemic, this is really an uncharted territory. No one knows what will happen next month or even in a year. Um, the uncertainty in the economy really does pose a big challenge to current businesses as well as those wanting to start a business. And I think for those who want to start a business really need to think about what people need or rather like what your customers need during the pandemic time as well as after the pandemic is over. Just like, you know, Brandy was able to come up with an idea and move forward with it. It's a, it's a great example. Um, but also we've been in the pandemic for well, I guess six months already, right? So it's, it's been a, quite a while. We are starting to see a pattern in terms of what people need and what they want. So even if your business idea is not new or innovative per se, you need to figure out how you can deliver value to your customers that can set you apart from others. Is there any other innovative way that you can get your products or services to your customers um, that will work during the pandemic and also will work when the pandemic is over. So I think that is key to think about um, for those who want to start a business, what people need. And the other aspect is what you are capable of, right? This is like rule 101 for, for people who want to start a business. Um, having said that, it doesn't mean that you need to know 100% of the business that you want to start. If you at least know the basics and you know that you can do it, then you go for it and find the right people or tools to fill the gaps. If you lack the knowledge in um, computer or e-commerce and you know this is not something that is that difficult to learn and we have a lot of resources then that, that can help you fill that gap. So find the right people and the right tool to help you. Um, I think that's key. And I think that's the, the, the program that we, um, for this particular second cohort, we learned from the first cohort. So we want to put a focus on customized um, um, 
experience. So we we do we will do more one on one understanding that what they need, what the gap is, and then we'll connect them with the right people or the right tools to help them move forward. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, you know, we've heard a great example here of um, one of the businesses from the cohort or from Epicenter um, in general that has done great pivoting through the pandemic. And then, Brandy, would you like to share, you know, what did you find to be the biggest challenge overcoming while starting your own business and or running your own business? Yeah, so I mean, there's been many challenges. This has been one of the most exciting adventures by far that I've I've gone on, um, even though it was a more like internal internalized adventure. <laughs> it looked a lot like sitting at my desk, so it didn't really look like an adventure. But anyway, um, it's not to say it doesn't come with its challenges, and uh, they're not always expected either. You can't you can't anticipate the challenges. So I think the ability to just be resilient and go with the flow. The pandemic itself was a prime example of just you can't always stick with the plan. And so um, yeah, the challenge of just letting go of certain ideas of how you think it should be done and just following what feels right in the moment. Um, another another challenge that I definitely had to overcome was the feelings of imposter syndrome. And this is something I've heard lots of small business owners talk about before, um, is that just questioning if I was qualified to be doing the work I do, or if I deserved the growth and success that I was experiencing, or if I was cut out for the business world. As like I said, I'm very field-based um, experience-wise. So definitely overcoming just those insecurities with whether or not I was enough for this really important work. I just have so many mentors who work in this field across Canada that I look up to. And I wonder if I'm doing, you know, this movement justice, (laughs) but um, yeah, those are, I think those are normal and healthy. And a lot of people say like, Oh, those, those thoughts are, are, you just have to get rid of them. But I think it's a healthy part of digesting just running a business and accepting that you'll have those feelings and just finding the motivation to keep going even when things felt and continue to feel impossible at times. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And you also touched upon there that, you know, you do have a lot of role models that you look up to and that's sort of what helps you through the process. Do you have any that you'd like to share with us? Um, well, I have worked on several small organic farms across Canada, and um, I've also I've also been following other edible landscapers. There's a few that I just totally look up to. Um, the first time I was actually introduced to edible landscaping was working on an organic farm called Ten Acres farm out um, in British Columbia on Vancouver Island. And through them, I met a couple, Solera and Taylor, who own an edible landscaping business called Hatchet and Seed. And that was my first exposure to this world. And since then, I've just been following all sorts of edible landscapers actually around the world. And I've taken some courses. Um, I've been a part of a gardenery, which is a kitchen garden coach society. It's a group of people who share their ideas as far as garden designs go. I've also joined a a permaculture, like uh, edible landscape design professionals group called the Eco Eco Landscape Mastery School. 
So these are kind of like mastermind communities, which have really just opened up the world of possibility for me. And, and uh, we can share our challenges with each other, offer advice. And uh, it's just, a, it's just really, really fosters that growth for me. I just love that community because, you know, doing something that's kind of novel in a city that has not experienced a business like this before can be somewhat isolating because there's not a lot of people doing this here. So it's really nice to have those communities elsewhere that I can rely on and lean into when needed. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, I, I love that. And you also mentioned too that, you know, you go to them sometimes for advice with your business. I'm curious for what piece of advice you would tell someone who's looking to start a business right now as well. Oh, that's, that's such a good question. So, and I wish somebody actually gave me this advice before I started my business, but it wasn't until two years in when I was experiencing some pretty brutal burnout um, that a friend had said to me that rest is productive. I always felt guilty about resting. And I thought that my success was determined by how hard I hustled. But now I know that rest and a work-life balance is in, imperative to a successful business. So for sure, like to, to someone who's looking to start a business or who currently runs a business and just goes hard 24-7, I would just say that it's okay to rest and it's actually, it's mandatory. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I think that's a really great piece of advice. And I just wanted to thank you both so much for sharing all of your insights and information on, you know, running your business as well as opportunities for other people to run their businesses. And when would you like to just share how female entrepreneurs can get in contact with Epicenter um, and access these services? Sure. So the Epic Venture Woman program is now taking application until September 24th. Everything that um, they need to know is on our website. It's um, epicenterewindsor.ca. We are also active on all social media platforms. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and even YouTube. So they, it, our information is very easy to find. So follow us. Perfect. And Brandy, would you like to share where people can find Ground Culture online? Sure. You can find us on our website, www.groundculture.ca. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram as at ground.culture.gardens. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again for both of you coming on. I loved hearing your stories and all of the different resources and information. So thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah, for providing a platform to showcase um, female entrepreneurs in our region. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.